Recently, I had an experience with credit card fraud that caused so much unnecessary stress and anxiety. I spent hours on the phone and in chats with my credit card company. I had to get two different cards before the fraud stopped and I was so worried about what was gonna happen to my money in my bank account. And I sometimes have the fear that it's gonna happen again, right? And that's why I'm so excited to introduce You Are The Healer's newest sponsor, Aura, an app for protecting online data and personal information. Cleaning up my information not only helps reduce the amount of spam I get, but it protects me from hackers who could use this information to help them access things like my social media accounts, bank accounts, and other sensitive information. Protecting yourself and your personal information is a form of self-care. I swear. Go to my sponsor, ara.com healer to get a 14-day free trial and have peace of mind knowing your information is safe. Again, that's ara, A-U-R-A, dot com slash healer for your two-week free trial. Therapy has been so largely beneficial on my mental health journey, and I'm really excited to announce that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you know me, you've probably heard me say that therapy is mandatory because there's absolutely nothing wrong with seeking help, and I think that every single person who walks this earth needs it. So I'm really excited to be connected with BetterHelp and offer affordable and accessible therapy um, the link will be in my show notes, or you can go to betterhelp.com slash healer. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash healer. Welcome to the You Are the Healer podcast. This is Sydney Rindernecht, a psych nurse and your host, here to educate, support, and motivate and encourage you to be your own healer and to take care of yourself as we dive into different mental health topics. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. If you're new here, thank you so much for giving this podcast a listen. My name is Sydney. I'm your host. And this week, we are going to talk about how to get out of a rut, like a mental health low, um, and what are some mental health habits we can build to keep us well. But before we get into all of that, I want to do my, my low, my high, my lesson. But even before that, let's take three deep breaths, okay? So we're going to take a deep breath in through our nose and exhale through your mouth. Feel into your body. Notice if you have any pain. Notice your feet on the ground or your fingers. What are they doing? Deep breath in through your nose. Breathe all the way into your belly until you feel like you can't anymore. And exhale. Release whatever isn't serving you, anything that's not in this present moment. Last deep breath in. We're grounding. Hold it as long as you can. Thank yourself for taking the time for being here in this moment, ready to listen, ready to receive. And when you exhale, we are going to drop in and get this message. Exhale out through your mouth. I love sighing with my deep breaths because it really just, it heightens it up. I feel like it gives you a nice, good tension release. Um, And before we even get into my my check-in, I think I want to start doing three things that I'm grateful for. I have this thing on my TikTok where I say it's like... um, three reasons to be, to be alive or three things to love about life, things like that. And I just do it because it's such a nice gratitude practice. It really gets me in a good headspace. And so I'll say three things that I'm grateful for. And then I want you to come and think of three things that you're grateful for. And if you're really like a stellar student, you will go on the, you are the healer Instagram and comment three things you're grateful for, or find my TikTok and comment things you're grateful for. That would actually be stellar. Um, I will give you a huge high five. If you do that, that would be great. Um, so three things I'm grateful for right now. I'm really grateful for tea. 
I love a beverage and I have like a huge assortment of teas in my house and like a little honey, just holding a warm mug is just such a wonderful experience. I'm glad it exists. Next thing I'm grateful for is farmer's markets. You guys, we're back. Farmer's markets are back. It's summer. You can buy vegetables. You can buy... I went to a farmer's market last week and there's disco balls. I'm like, come on. You can buy whatever you want on a farmer's market. And there's lots of dogs. And I love supporting a local business. Okay, next. This is a big topic, but I'm grateful for change. I am so glad that nothing stays the same. Change is a guarantee in life, which can really fucking suck, but you can't get out of it, so I'm learning how to rephrase, reframe it. Um, and thank God that things change. I, 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 can't, I couldn't imagine a world where there was no such thing as change. Like, what a cool concept. I'm saying that with, like, half of me being like, change sucks, but, you know, we're working through it. <laughs> okay, so... Let's get into my low of life right now. So I currently am, I was transitioning between jobs. And so I was working my old job at a company that I don't really align with how they treat their workers. I experienced a lot of burnout at this place. And I now have a much better job. Oh my gosh, I'm like eager and excited to go to work, which is such a good switch. But my low is that I worked a shift at my old job yesterday, day before, And it was just so discouraging to see the state of mental health care in this country. Like my, I don't want to discourage anyone from getting help if you need help. What I would love is for there to be a world where if you're struggling, there is resources for you to get back on your feet that are safe and that are, you know, supportive and loving and a, in an encouraging and safe and therapeutic space. What I experienced at my old job was so just sickening. It just sickened me how kids that are struggling, I was working on the adolescent unit and kids that were struggling had, I mean, just, just the way that the hospital was set up is just so unsafe. And there's really not enough time and, and attention dedicated to these people that are really struggling. And it just reminded me again how much how much change needs to happen in our mental health care system and our healthcare system in general and with like mental health stigma and resources and that's just a huge reason why I wanted to start this podcast is because a lot of the times the first time people hear mental health education is when they're in a psych hospital. And I think that's pretty messed up and I think that there should be endless abundant resources to help people help themselves. And so it's just, it's sad to see the state of mental health care sometimes. And that's an unfortunate reality of this current life that we're in. And that's why it's so important to keep talking about mental health and to keep funding good companies and, and supporting anyone on the mental health grind because people need it. That is what my therapist tells me all the time. She's like, Sydney, create whatever you want to create because people need more resources. So it's a low. I'm knowing that it is going to change and get better, but it it was very scary um, working in a very poorly, poorly run mental health facility. Okay. I don't know how I did it for two years. Anyways. My high (laughs) is I'm taking my therapist's advice and my own advice from the last two episodes and a girl's been setting boundaries 
And it is literally transformed my mental health. I went from being like a really bad rut to setting a lot of boundaries. And like my peace, my state of mind is like my utmost priority. And I, I don't, I think my experiences growing up taught me like if I set a limit that it would be like a huge problem and people would be upset, but I've been setting boundaries and like, it's literally been nothing but great. And people have just been receptive of them. And I am so proud of myself. And I just feel so much peace because I'm actually like learning how to do this. And I think all of the relationships in my life have really like the standard has been risen, which is so nice because it's like, I'm responsible for that. So I'm really proud of myself um, because boundaries are hard and it's something that I, you know, have been teaching myself and practicing. And it's nice to see like, oh my gosh, wait, they really pay off. And if you haven't listened to the boundaries episode, it's part one and a part two. um, I kind of just dive into boundaries and I think that is imperative to our mental health and it's really relevant to my life right now. So I'm like, go listen to the episode. (laughs) Okay. And what am I learning in this season of my life? Um, I am reading a book. It's an audio book that my therapist has been telling me to read for a year. It is called The Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. It is groundbreaking. It is literally changing everything I know about myself. I feel very seen. I feel so heard. I'm really able to understand myself a lot more. Um, and I think I'm going to dive into that book. I'm almost done with it. And I'm literally going to listen to it again and take notes because it is so, so good. And I feel like anyone that felt in some aspects of their life that their needs weren't perfectly met by their parents, this is a great, 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 great book to listen to or to read. Um, but I will probably do an episode on in the future, so I'm not going to get too much into what I'm learning, but I'm learning that a lot of my personality and myself and my, like, negative, um, like, thought processes and my limiting beliefs and my, like, patterns really all are from childhood, and I know that's, like, what a lot of people think when they're, like, oh, therapy, like, you're just talking about your childhood, but, oh my gosh, like, my childhood has shaped a lot of my life, so, anyways, That is my check-in, and now let's get into more episode content. So we're going to talk about how to get out of a rut, how to build ourselves back up, pour into ourselves, care for ourselves when we are not doing hot mentally. And this is something that I really wanted to do an episode on because I feel like I've spent my whole life learning how to take care of myself, as I'm sure everybody else has too. And I learned through a lot of trial and error how to take care of myself. And that was a big motivation for me starting this podcast is like, I want to help people help themselves. I want to encourage people to heal themselves, to to nurture themselves, to love themselves, because this world needs a lot more love. And the, I don't want to say the best type of love, but like the most fulfilling, nourishing, tender, just juicy kind of love comes from yourself. And taking care of yourself, building yourself back up when you're in a really low spot is an act of self-love. And I'm going to kind of go through some steps of how to take care of yourself when that was like the last thing you feel like doing. So the first thing that you need to do when you're in a rut is identify that you're in a rut, right? Sometimes when we're like really depressed, there's like this fog where like nothing seems real and it's like, this is how things are always going to be. And so it can be hard to even identify when you're not doing really well because um, mental health symptoms can kind of like confuse you and, and 
and it just gets kind of messy. So the first thing we're going to do is identify. I am in a rut. I am not doing hot. I want to be doing better. How can I move forward? How can you begin to know when you're not doing too hot? So something that I start with that's easiest for me and easy if you have a hard time identifying your emotions is how is your physical body feeling? So I notice I always get headaches when I'm stressed out or my stomach will really start to hurt. Or maybe if you're super anxious, you're dizzy, you have chest pain, you're nauseous, you are fatigued all the time. Maybe you notice that you are doing the things that you usually do that bring you joy and you are feeling absolutely nothing. You don't feel like doing those things. Your mood is just super low. Maybe you're crying more. Maybe you're sleeping more. You're unable to to care for yourself in a way that you usually do. Um, and this could look like uh, not not doing your like usual activities. So not working out, right? That is how I know I'm kind of in a rut. Is if I have like no motivation to move my body, I'm like something's really wrong because I genuinely love movement, like all forms of movement. I just love. And if I'm not working out, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, something's up. That's a big sign for me that I'm not doing well. And honestly, at this point, it takes me, like, I have to be doing really poorly to stop any type of movement. And that's kind of what happened a couple weeks ago. And I was like, okay, um, I got to I gotta do something about this. Um, but maybe you're having a hard time sleeping. Maybe you're sleeping less. You can't sleep. You're waking up. Or maybe you're sleeping, like, all day, like, too much. And you're, you're not able to, to go to work or to do your other hobbies. Um, or maybe you're not wanting to socialize like you usually do maybe your friends are asking to hang out and you're like no no I'm gonna isolate I'm gonna be by myself everyone has their own their their own things that you do whenever you're not doing well and so the first step is knowing the signs that you're not doing too hot and that is a really big place to start just so you know okay now I'm gonna start to take care of myself because if you're unable to to know how you're doing then you're not going to start trying to feel better because you're not aware of the help that you need. My next step is to accept it. So we've identified, okay, I am in a rut. Something's off. Accept it. Let it happen. Say, you know what? This is reality. That's okay, right? Lean into it. So the rut that I just got out of was a lot of sadness. And so I really just let myself feel the sadness. It had been months of me pushing it away, doing fun things. And sadness is a really commonly repressed emotion. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to curl up in a ball. I'm going to cry. I'm going to hug myself. I'm going to play sad music. And I'm just going to let it happen because you have to feel your feelings in order from the past. If you keep shoving them to the side, distracting yourself, pretending like it's not a thing, it will get stronger and stronger and keep coming up. So the next step is to feel it. So identify what emotion you're feeling. And Usually when I think of a rut, I think of depression, but there are so many other things that you can be feeling like, and depression isn't even necessarily specific. You could be feeling apathy. You could feel like literally nothing matters. I have no reaction to anything. You could feel numb, right? And that like emptiness inside of you, you could be feeling super anxious and on the edge of panicking all of the time. You could feel on edge. You could feel stressed. So if you have a hard time identifying your emotions, which honestly, unless you were like verbatim taught, you probably do. Um, there is no type of mental health education besides what we get from our parents and our parents are humans and they, there's gaps sometimes in the things that they teach us. So an easy thing to help identify your emotions 
if you're like in the mental health field, you're going to be like, Sydney, really? But it's the emotions wheel. It is a very simple concept of um, basically sectioning emotions um, kind of by like the core feelings like joy, sad, um, anger, you know, anxious, whatever. And then it splits it up into more specific emotions. And so when you're first learning how to identify your emotions, it can be helpful to look at the wheel and say, okay, so I know I feel mad. And then you go from that and it goes into smaller categories. You're like, maybe I just feel like I'm like infuriated or maybe I'm disappointed or I'm jealous or whatever it is. And identifying the feeling is the first step in feeling your feelings because you have to know what what the feeling is, right? So you're going to identify your emotion. Same thing as before, you're going to accept the emotion. You're going to accept your feeling. So you know, I'm feeling really sad right now, and that's that's okay. It's whatever I'm feeling, whatever I'm thinking, it's really hard. And then give yourself compassion. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to be in a rut. No one is perfect all of the time. And so extend some compassion to yourself and say, you know, I'm going through a really hard time right now, and I'm giving myself the space for it. I'm not running from it. I'm doing the brave thing, and I'm letting myself feel my feelings. This is a big one, especially if you have negative experiences with emotions in your past. It's really easy to cover up feelings and um, numb them out. I know a lot of drinking makes you feel better because it numbs your emotions. So if you're super pissed off, you can get drunk and feel less of that anger. Um, And I mean, there's a million and one ways to numb out your feelings or to avoid them. And so feeling them is brave even if you were doing otherwise. And then going from self-compassion, the next step of getting out of a rut is validating your experience. This is something that I have a hard time with myself, um, but it is so important to self-validate because then you're not leaning on, you're not, leaning's not bad, but you're not relying on other people to validate your experience. You are the only person that you need you, you are your own verification system. If you are going through a hard time, you don't need other people to, mm, even as I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, Sydney, it's okay to need other people. <laughs> I'm learning. I actually just learned from the um, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents book that this is groundbreaking to me. It sounds so simple, but it is okay to need people to meet your emotional needs. I was like, what? No way. It's okay to need people to meet your emotional needs. We're humans. We, we need connection, right? But what I'm saying is that your validation should be the most important validation in your life. You learning self-validation is so powerful because then all your relationships with other people are from surplus and not from desperation or I need this to feel better because I can make myself feel better. So validating your feelings is basically in the way that you talk to yourself. It's giving you space also to feel your feelings. So like whenever I notice that I'm going through something hard, I like kind of think of it like I have like a conversation with myself, like from like third person sometimes. And I'm like, Sydney, I can tell that you're really sad right now. I know what that feels like. And that's really hard. And I'm sorry that you feel this way right now. Like I'm going to give you time to feel the sadness. And then I'll give myself a little hug and I will say like the sadness feels in my body like a heavy rock in my throat. It feels like this gut-wrenching emptiness in my stomach. I feel cold. I feel lonely. I feel isolated. 
and I just kind of go into it and I like hold myself and I I really kind of like whisper to myself like it is okay to be feeling this it is human it will pass I love telling myself when I'm going through something hard it is temporary and feeling your feelings guarantees that that feeling will pass I mean even if you push it down and distract yourself everything is temporary anyways but feeling your feelings allows them to pass through you and like complete the cycle and then you can go into processing what that emotion taught you so usually when you're in a rut it is for a reason and so the last step after you identify that you're in a rut you accept what's going on you feel your feelings you validate yourself you are able to look at okay what just happened like And this is the time to get curious about yourself and your experience, but without judgment. This is you getting curious because you're like, I want to know you better. I want to know your experiences and your thoughts because I love you, right? So this process can look like anything, right? It can look like journaling and being like, I feel really sad and just let the pen take you wherever it needs to go. And if you're having a hard time journaling, um, sometimes it's like, if you just keep asking yourself why, like, I feel really sad. Well, why? What's under that? And because X, Y, and Z happened. Well, what does that, what are you making it mean? Right? That is a helpful, like journaling prompt. If you're like kind of the pen stops, you're like, like, well, what am I making that mean? Well, why am I doing that? Just really getting curious from a place of acceptance um, and a place of like wanting to do better and grow and to learn because you genuinely love yourself. So I think the processing stage is honestly the most important because, I mean, you can feel your feelings and they'll pass, but understanding yourself and why you're having these experiences, what, what is leading you to get into a rut, that is really important. That teaches you a lot about yourself, and that's really where a lot of growth comes. So another way to process your emotions after you feel them and get them out is therapy, talking about it with somebody else. And I'm a huge advocate for therapy in general. Like, I think therapy should be mandatory for everyone. Honestly, like, therapy... I, in a perfect world, it would literally be like court ordered. Like everyone has to have it. And like, you literally can't get out of it (laughs) because I think it's so important to talk things out with other people. And there's so many hurting and wounded and, and when you're coming from that space, when you're hurting, you're wounding, you commonly do that to other people. And I'm tired of living in a world where there's so much hurt when it is on us to heal and to get better. And I just think there's no excuse to not be in therapy. I obviously know that therapy is inaccessible and expensive. And so those are valid reasons, right? But I wish it was mandatory. Okay. Um, But in general, therapy is beneficial because you're talking it out with somebody else. And so you can also do that with like your friends or your family or the people, people that you know are emotionally safe. You can really be like, okay, so I had this experience and I'm learning this about myself and they can give you insight and they can, you know, show you different sides of yourself and really help you understand yourself even better. And that's why it's so important to have a good network of people around you because talking it out, like I literally don't know what I would be like without my female friends. Like they, mm, I love them. I love them very much. I feel like I say it every episode, but like I have talked so many things out with them and really had like revelations and epiphanies because I, I've had a space to kind of process things. Um, other fun ways of processing. I love doing tarot, like tarot cards. Um, I think it really kind of, usually what I do is I'm like, what do I need to, 
to pay attention to? Or, or what am I not paying attention to? What, what do I need more guidance in? What area of my life needs to be built up more? And then I'll get a card and I'll just like, it'll make so much sense. Literally, there's never been a time where I've done my own tarot. And I'm like, mm, I don't really get it. Like every time it's like the universe is like, girl, this is what I'm trying to tell you. And I'm like, thank you. So everyone has their own ways of processing things too. These are just what I find helpful, but I encourage you to get curious within yourself and see how, how do I process my experiences and, and what are some things that are helpful for me. An actionable item I want us to do together to process what contributes to us doing well or not so well is we're going to make a little list. We're going to make a list on our phone or you can write it down on a sheet of paper if you really like. I like having it on my phone because as I think of things, then I'll just add them. So we're going to write energy drainers and energy fillers. Basically, energy drainers are things that like suck the life out of you, that make you fatigued and miserable. <laughs> And fillers are things that pour into your cup that you want more of that, that help you do well, right? So I made this list a while ago and I have on my list drainers of work when I was at my really shitty job. Um, poor sleep. I do not do well mentally if I can't sleep. Um, conflict. But honestly, now as I'm looking back on this, like I do really well under conflict now that I've learned boundaries. Um, stress really drains me, like fatigues me like no other um, doing chores <laughs> I have on here. Um, so those are things that are kind of, eh. um, and then we have energy fillers. So things that pour into you. Um, I, I was kind of trying to explore myself a little bit more as I was filling this out. So I have being with plants. I love being with plants, gardening, being outside, cooking, dancing, singing. I'm a horrible singer, but you best believe I love to do it. And it makes me feel better. Taking naps. I love taking naps. Oh my gosh, I took one today. <laughs> um, journaling fills me up. Going to therapy. So those are just some examples. What I want you to do is make a list. And that way you can kind of clue into what helps me stay well, what contributes to me not doing well, and then the things that fill you up, you can use those to get yourself out of a rut too. Now we're going to transition into mental health routines, mental health habits, how to keep us well. How do we stay well, right? And I'm sure if you're on social media at all, you see like people with their morning routines and all of this stuff. And before I had a morning routine, I was like, okay, like, um, uh, you know, drinking tea in the morning is going to cure my depression. Like, it's so stupid. Why do people keep talking about this? But people talk about a, a morning routine and I'll more generally talk about like a mental health routine because it works. It is beneficial it changed my life having an established mental health routine for me in the morning. Now I'm not saying your routine needs to be in the morning or it needs to be anything that looks like mine, but basically the concept is you have set aside a certain amount of time every single day for yourself and that will help you stay well and that will preserve your mental health and, and help you thrive and really just have time being poured into you because in our day and age, things are so busy and our attention can be and energy can be demanded from a bunch of different sources. We need to be intentional and set time for ourselves to pour into ourselves or else we're going to burn out. We're going to feel depressed. We're going to feel anxious. That is a natural consequence of neglecting yourself. So I used to be very resistant to a morning routine. I used to not really feel like a morning person and I'm chronically late to everything. So I literally used to wake up like minutes before needing to be somewhere. And that could be like minutes before needing to be at a 7 a.m. Uh, Pathfinder meeting. Um, that could look like waking up two minutes before logging into my Zoom class 
in college. In college, it was really bad, and I was chronically late all the time. There were two points in my life when I realized, like, okay, Sydney, you need some type of routine because you can't keep going like the way you're going. There are basically big moments in my life of poor mental health. And so the first one was during COVID when everything went remote my senior year, I had a lot of things happen like back to back. Um, and so my mental health was really bad and I had no type of routine. Like I would literally like wake up two minutes later, log into a Zoom class, like not pay attention, stare at the ceiling the whole time, go on TikTok, lay on my phone. Like I was like, it literally felt like bedridden at times because I was like so depressed and unmotivated for like majority of the things in my life. And so I remember I have really been into this podcast for a while called, um, the self-love fix. And, um, the host was talking about, you know, how a morning routine like really changed the game for her. And she was like, and I give myself at least an hour before I have to leave to be somewhere in the morning to pour into myself. And I was like an hour, like that is absurd because I literally gave myself nothing, but it was like, she basically said something that I interpreted as like, like this is guaranteed time for you. And if you're not pouring into yourself, how do you expect anybody else to pour into you? Like, how do you expect to have anything to give either? So I was like, you know what, whatever, I'll try it out. So I remember being in like the room that I'd spent a bunch of time in because of COVID, like quarantining and all this stuff. And I woke up early and I meditated and I journaled and I made a really like slow breakfast and a coffee. And I think I did some yoga or something. And then I went to my silly little Zoom class and I was like, oh my God, I feel like a real human being. Like I feel so different. And so I know how it feels to have it be like daunting the idea of setting aside time for yourself. But I mean, there's no better way to spend your time than bettering yourself, in, in my opinion, right? And then the next experience that I had of really bad burnout, which I think I don't want to call it burnout anymore. I think I want to call it exploitation because my corporation that I worked for was like literally taking advantage of all of me. And um, I had like no time to give to myself because I was so stressed out and like exploited and overworked. But anyways, that was the next time that I realized like, oh, I really need to change my habits. And this was less of a morning routine. I already kind of had it established. Um, I was more intentional with giving myself a full hour before I need to leave. So like, I usually have to leave for work at like, let's say like 6.15 in the morning. And so I will wake up at 5.15 to give myself a full hour of like luxury and self-care so that no matter what happens in my day, like I'm good to go. Like I I pour it into myself so that I am in the best state of mind wherever I have to be. And it's easy for me to have habits whenever I'm working because I just pair them together. I notice that it's a little bit harder for me to like be on top of my, my daily like mental health habits if I'm not working because I'm not up early and like motivated and I have the time already set aside. Um, but in the burnout exploitation time in my life, I realized that I needed to change how I was recharging on my breaks at work. Um, and so before I used to call people on my breaks, like FaceTime, um, different people or go on TikTok. And so I'm going from being like in a very emotionally intensive and like high workload job to talking to someone for 30 minutes and then going back out. Like it felt like there was no rest and it went by really fast. So what I started doing on my breaks was either going on a walk outside or just like laying in the grass outside and like closing my eyes. Or honestly, the thing that's best for me, like one of my 
best mental health habits is taking a nap. Um, and I will do that. So ideally at work, I don't know if this is a federal law or Colorado law, but you're supposed to get a 30 minute break if you work over eight hours. And then for every four hours, you get a 10 minute break. So I will take like 10 minute naps at my shifts, ideally a 30 minute nap on my long break. Um, and that really like resets me and helps me stay well, because if I'm going, if I'm not resting during 12, 13 hours of work, then, then I don't do well. And I know that about myself. I'm going to share my daily mental health little habits, treats, things that I do to take care of myself ideally every day. And then I will get into how to start forming habits and ideas and categories so that you can form your own. So I talked a little bit about my morning routine. I wake up at least an hour before I have to leave the house. That way I have like a dedicated sense of like a separate time to myself to pour into myself and I set myself up for success. So I am like the best I know I can be anywhere, anytime I go somewhere. And um, so what I do ideally every day, and I'm not perfect with it, but I like to do yoga, take a cold shower, meditate, journal, and do affirmations. I already have a gratitude practice. Every day when I brush my teeth, I say three things I'm grateful for. And um, so I've kind of worked on these habits because I wasn't originally taking a cold shower every day and I had to like build up my own consistency and motivate myself. And so what I did was I downloaded an app. It's just called Habits. There's a bunch of them on the app store. And I picked five things that I was like, I knew I wanted to incorporate, but I wasn't doing consistently. And it was those five things. Yoga, cold shower, meditate, journal, affirmations. And whenever I would do them, you like slide the habit and it makes a little da-da-da noise. And then when you do all of them, there's like confetti and it really just motivates you to keep doing your habits. But a big part of um, incorporating habits in your life is consistency and tracking them because then your brain gets a little hit of dopamine whenever you like check the thing off. So you can use an app like I did. If you have like a whiteboard, you could you could write down the different habits you want to incorporate. On my like weekly whiteboard, I wrote all five habits and then I would put a check mark by that day if I ended up doing all of them. And it's important to uh, give yourself grace, okay? If you miss a day, you are human. That doesn't mean that you give up. Something is better than nothing. So let's say I could only get in five minutes of yoga. That's better than being like, well, I don't have time. So I'm just not going to do it anyways. And then you kind of fall off. And once you fall off, it's really easy to stay off with habits. So if you skip a day, that is okay. Just do it again tomorrow. Don't let one setback completely interrupt your habits. With mental health and wellness, I feel like people think that it's the really, really big things that contribute to your happiness. And I I just want to remind everyone that like the small little decisions, the small little habits create huge areas of change in your life and can really be like the get the ball rolling so that every day you have a better quality of life. I think a lot of people think like, you know, my job is going to make me happy, my partner, my family, you know, my childhood, whatever. But there's really small things that you can do every day as long as you're paying attention to them and that will improve your mental health. So like, you know, having a practice that is nourishing for you and just really intentionally pouring into yourself with little tiny things like the way that you talk to yourself, um, you know, the amount of sleep that you get, those 
small decisions that you make every single day really have a snowball effect on the rest of your life. So another thing with habits is I'm sure that you've heard it takes like 21 days to establish a habit. And so basically if you do something for 21 days, the, the idea is that like you will now have that ingrained in you so that you will consistently do that thing. And I can definitely vouch for this because I have, I think my strongest habit is my gratitude practice. When I brush my teeth, my, my cat's feeder just went off and she like sprinted to it. Um, but a habit I've been doing for years is practicing gratitude when I brush my teeth. So that way, even if I'm in a rut, even if I don't feel like doing it, even if I'm half asleep, whatever it is, nine times out of 10, I'm going to automatically start saying things that I'm grateful for while I'm brushing my teeth. And so it's really nice to have these habits and to build them up because then you can stay on top of your mental health and keep yourself well versus waiting until you get to rock bottom to then pour into yourself. So I want to talk about habits with the, you know, getting yourself out of a rut episode because incorporating daily habits to better your mental health will ideally keep you from hitting that rock bottom because you're taking care of yourself in little bits every single day. Some categories of mental health habits to build or just some examples and ideas. I will just go ahead and list them. And if anything resonates with you, like write the habit down and decide, okay, this is the habit that I'm going to pick. Okay. So we have meditation, journaling, movement, and this could literally be anything. This could be like just establishing a regular exercise routine. So for me, it was yoga Any movement that you enjoy, I encourage you to do that. Don't feel like you have to just do what everybody else is doing. Um, I've been doing long distance running, which is super lit. And a lot of people, anytime I tell them that I'm going on a long run, they're like, um, you're crazy. Um, it respectfully doesn't matter what you think because I am enjoying it. Um, gratitude's a good practice. So I also like to have a spirituality routine. So just something that connects you to, to, something greater than yourself. So I like to have a routine of frequently checking in with myself and really asking myself throughout the day, like, how am I feeling? Um, and, and giving myself time to, to feel also in the morning, what I like to do, this is a habit that I ingrained in myself. When I wake up, I put my hand on my chest and I kind of rub it and I like check in with my inner being. I'm like, how does my inner being feel right now? Usually like right when I wake up, I'm like, she feels tired, but, um, And then I ask myself, how do I want to feel today? And I close my eyes and I really think of how I would like to feel during the day. And me and my friends have started doing this thing where we're like, what are your intentions for the day? And it's really important when you're, when you're thinking of how do I want to feel? What's my intention that you are going for the feeling and not like something on your to-do list. So it's like, it's not like I want to feel productive by getting everything done. Like that is kind of a shitty answer because if you don't get everything done, are you going to feel bad about yourself? Like you want to chase the feeling behind what you want. So a lot of times I'm like, I want to feel safe. I want to feel enthusiastic. I want to feel like I belong, things like that. So that way I'm kind of looking for that already. And I take a couple seconds to feel into how that would feel. And then if you're following like law of attraction and all the vibrational frequency stuff, then that will automatically make its way to you because you're already in that headspace. Um, Another thing that I like to do in the morning is like a grounding routine. So I will like take some deep breaths and I will like put my feet on the ground and I will picture like this light pillar shooting up out of my head and grounding me into the earth. And I really just like intentionally checking in on my higher self and my like inner soul spirit, whatever you want to believe. 
Um, and that really kind of helps me know where I'm at for the day. Then a category that you can implement habits in is fulfillment. So I think this is something that really falls off in everyone's day-to-day life because we're so busy with all of the things we have to do. We're busy working a job. 40 hours a week is a huge time commitment, okay? And then you have to sleep and then you have responsibilities and you have all of these things going on. And so an area of fulfillment is just something that like sparks joy just for doing it. Like you're not doing it to create something or to publish or to be productive. Like it's not something that you enjoy doing just for the sake of doing it. And so that for me is writing. Um, I've always loved to write. And so something that when I was implementing all these habits, one of the habits was writing for 10 minutes a day. And I noticed that whenever I did that, I literally felt so aligned and energized because I love writing. And even if it's not going anywhere, like I like, I love it just for doing it. Like no one even needs to read it. That's just something that I really love. And when I do it, my mental health is usually a lot better. For me, another fulfillment thing is doing the podcast. I feel so like connected when I'm doing it and like it matters and it's meaningful and it's also one of those things that doesn't feel like work at all like literally no one could listen and no one could you know share it which I'd love it if you did um you can post on your social medias and all that stuff click all the links in the description spread the word that would be lit um my friend Taryn the other day I like walked up and she was talking to other people about my podcast and they're like yeah we're gonna follow it I was like "Ah." oh my gosh just makes me so happy but I like doing this just for the sake of doing it. I don't need anyone else to listen. But it is nice thinking of like the butterfly effect of, you know, putting a message out there and people hearing it and having it kind of change them a little bit, which is really cool for me. Um, in the fulfillment category, it could also be things like hobbies, like things that nourish you. Is it, is it reading? Is it gardening? Is it, you know, connecting to other people? Like what are some things that fulfill you? And then make it a point to implement those things every single day as best you can. And it's really important when you're starting habits to start slow because it can be really easy to be like, okay, I'm going to do 20 minutes of this and an hour of this every day. And then you don't do it a couple days because it's a big change. And then you beat yourself up and you're like, oh, wow, I never do anything right or whatever, you know, whatever limiting beliefs you have. And then you stop doing the habits because you, you didn't make them obtainable goals. You made them too big. That's what a lot of people do initially is they make their goals too big. So start slow. Start with five minutes of whatever a day and just really be consistent with that. And when you've done it for like a week, then, then move up, you know, you don't have to go from zero to a hundred. And the whole reason why habits are important and especially like mental health habits is because you are being intentional about prioritizing yourself. And I, something that drives me nuts is when people give excuses and when people say, I don't have time. So if you're like, I don't have time an hour before work, to prioritize myself. What I really hear when people say that is like, I'm not making time because we all have the same amount of hours in the day and it's all about your priorities. So for whatever reason, if you're coming up with excuse after excuse as to why you can't implement habits and a routine to take care of yourself, it's because you're not prioritizing yourself. Like be fucking for real with yourself. Sorry if I'm calling you out a little bit, but like we all have the same time. And uh, this always just drove me nuts because I was chronically busy growing up. Like I was in every extracurricular and I had cheer practice that was like a ridiculous drive away. And I was in a lot of hard classes and I had to study. And like anytime someone would tell me, they're like, oh, like I just like don't have time for that. I'm like, don't even give that to me because I guarantee I'm far busier than you. Like whatever. So that was just, it always like made me really reactive whenever people come up with excuses because 
it's all about what you prioritize. And that's fine if you're not able to prioritize yourself right now. Slowly work up to it because you matter and your mental health matters. And it's important to take care of yourself because I got news for you. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Not a single person is going to prioritize you over themselves. And if they do, then that's a problem. That's not healthy. So it is your sole job on this earth to take care of yourself and to prioritize yourself and to protect your peace and to have fun and doing, implementing all of these mental health habits, whatever stuck with you, whatever you're thinking about doing, that will keep you well and that will literally improve your quality of life doing these things routinely. And so what I want you guys to do, a little bit of homework for this episode, is pick one habit that you're going to implement. I think a habit that I'm going to start to implement is I'm going to start taking deep breaths when I'm doing the dishes because your girl does not like to do the dishes, but the dishes got to get done. I'm looking at them right now like, oh. (laughs) So a habit that I want to implement is I'm going to take deep breaths the whole time that I do the dishes and be really mindful. So that way, every time I do the dishes, I'll be like, yo, I feel calm. I feel peaceful. So that way I won't hate to, I won't hate doing something that I, I have to do all the time. So you're going to pick one habit. You're going to set aside a certain amount of time to do that habit. Okay, so let's start with five minutes, okay? Let's say I'm going to, for five minutes, I'm going to write every day. You're going to check off the list once you do it. You're going to give yourself a little pat on the back. You can give yourself a high five in the mirror. That's something I started doing that's, like, super fun. I've also started this habit um, throughout the years of every time I see myself in the mirror, I'm like, hey, bestie. So that way I'm nicer to myself. Um, And I learned about giving yourself a high five in the mirror from um, Mel Robbins. And I gave myself a double high five in the mirror the other day. I was like, that was lit. Like that was sick. (laughs) So once you do the habit, check it off, pat yourself on the back, give yourself a high five. And also my last little tip is have an accountability buddy. This has been really good for me with my like running habit because I'm running with a lot of my friends. And so it's like, if I want to skip out on a run, I'm like, I have to, I have to tell somebody else I have to cancel on them. I don't want to do that. I want to be accountable and I want, I want us to kind of motivate each other. So pick someone to keep you accountable for the habit if you so desire and let me know how it goes. Let me know the habit that you implemented. You can slide in my DMs. Just, I really just love hearing people's experiences with the podcast. So to summarize, we talked about how to know when you're in a rut, how to get yourself out of it, right? We're going to identify that we're in a rut. We're going to accept it. We're going to feel our feelings. We're going to validate ourselves. We're going to process what happened to lead to us getting into that rut so we can understand ourselves with curiosity. We're going to have homework of making a list of energy drainers and energy fillers so that way you can know yourself better and navigate life with a little more mindfulness. Then we started talking about establishing a routine, different mental health habits, Um, I shared my experiences with all the different habits that I do. I listed different categories and what we're ending with is some action. Pick one habit you're going to implement. One, make it a small goal. Start slow. Be consistent. Show up for yourself every day. We're going to track it any way that we want. I want to remind you that I believe in your ability to help and heal yourself. Take care. Till next time. Quick disclaimer that all the views expressed in You Are the Healer are my own. They are not 
a substitute for any legal, professional, mental health advice. It is just educational purposes and me sharing my experiences. This podcast is not intended to replace any professional medical or mental health advice.